Since you enjoy this show, I thought I'd throw out there another podcast you might like. It's a show about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process. It's the Design Better podcast. And in each episode, hosts Eli Woolery and Aaron Walter bring you conversations with inspiring creative thinkers like John Cleese and David Sedaris, people who bring design and technology together like Tony Fadal, co-inventor of the iPhone and the iPod. So far, some standout episodes for me have been when they talk to John Cleese of Monty Python about creativity. That is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite people. Then also one of my favorite musicians, Tycho, about his creative process. And they talk with Seth Godin about how creativity is an act of generosity. I've always been fascinated by design, the creativity behind it, the implementation of it, both to improve our lives from a functionality and user interface standpoint, also from an artful bringing beauty into the world approach. So whether you're a design curious person like me or a design pro, Design Better is a great listen that inspires and informs. Subscribe to the Design Better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com or in your favorite podcast app like the one you're using right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I am your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm excited to share with you a conversation I had with Justin and Tara Williams. Justin and Tara are a power duo who bring clarity and passion for achieving their goals in every aspect of their lives. And as successful real estate investors, entrepreneurs, parents, and a married couple, They know firsthand the importance of setting clear goals, prioritizing their tasks, and maintaining flexibility in order to create a fulfilling and balanced life. And in this conversation, they share their story of how they got started, their insights on how to find clarity, develop grit, scale a business, all while providing valuable tips on time management and maintaining a strong relationship both with each other and their kids. So if you're wondering how some of those married couples out there run a business together and run a family together, this is the episode for you. So I'll get out of the way and just say, enjoy this conversation with Justin and Tara Williams. Well, this week, it is my privilege to welcome to the show, Justin and Tara Williams. Justin, Tara, welcome to Beyond the To-Do List. Yes. Yes. We are pumped to be here, Eric. We've been following you for... Almost like half our life, I think, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we're a little not, older. Not, not that long. But yeah, we started our first podcast in 2013, and you were one of the big names going around. And we're like, wow, Eric's like our hero. And here we are more than a decade later. Like, this is epic, right? This yep. is how you, you create a goal and a vision and you follow it. And here we are. So thanks for having us. This is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thrilled to have you. And people that have listened to the show have heard me pitching your show over the course of July. And one of the things that was really cool was, I mean, I'm just going to call this out. Like, well, one, the name of the show, Millionaire University. Gosh, I wish I could remember all the talking points right off the top of my head right now to say it. But ultimately, I think one of the things that stuck out to me was you had an episode with Pat Flynn that was really cool. And then there was one where you were talking with somebody about earning money just playing video games. Yes, <laughs> And I was just like, wait a second, my son needs that. So yes. <laughs> I do too. But uh, 
Well, that's the whole concept of Millionaire University, right? And why we created, we have three teenagers and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with their life. Our son, Brogan, turns 18 next month and he doesn't want to go to college because we ruined him. Like, we did. We totally ruined him on that. I dropped out of college with the semester left and I'm like, I don't want to go learn about rocks. But the problem is we can't get our kids to do their chores. So we're like, okay, they don't want to go to college, but they don't really have a plan. We got to create something that's kind of like a hybrid, right? Gives them a structure but also gives them flexibility, teaches them to actually make money, which college doesn't teach you how to make money. So, well, let's go back to that. I mean, it's a great place to start is, you know, with talking about the beginning of your journey. I know that you said that you started a podcast in 2013, but obviously that wasn't the first thing you did. You know, let's do the Millionaire University superhero origin story. Yes, I love it. (laughs) So back to the beginning, Justin and I meet each other and I had graduated. I'm teaching school. I'm making like $26,000 a year. Justin comes into my world and he wants to make a million dollars our very first summer of being married. And so he is a natural born entrepreneur. I am like a keep it safe, follow the rules, you know, slow and steady wins the race. And he came in and introduced this whole entrepreneurial world and journey for me. And we have, you know, created multiple seven figure businesses while having three kids. And it's been pretty epic ride. Some of the, the most exciting parts, like it didn't just happen. It wasn't easy, anything like that. I had a full ride football scholarship at BYU had a little injury. I knew I was done playing. And once I was done playing, I could not get myself to go to one more class. I was like, I don't want to go learn about rocks. Like everyone told me to go to college to make money. No one's teaching me how to make money. I have a wife. We're going to have a family pretty soon. So I come to Tara with this plan. I'm like, hey, we're going to make a million dollars. And I convince her to quit her job as a teacher. And within a year, I think we had $120,000 of debt and brand new baby like business partnership and all kinds of stuff. So we went to Bakersfield, California, where her brother and my brother and a guy named Matt who slept on the couch, we call it the bachelor pad. There's just a bunch of rant. Like we were practically homeless. So all these guys just lived in this bachelor pad. We had our six month old son at the time sleeping in the closet of a small room and we just worked our butt off. And for six months, we woke up early. Tara was doing a lot of the admin in the business. I would sell door to door satellite dish we finally got that paid off. Then we got into real estate investing, had some struggles, a lot of struggles along the way. I took us eight months to do our first deal. Then we started doing some deals, did pretty good. Then we hit another roadblock and didn't know how to pay our bills. But finally, we got to a point, we got some things figured out and we got to a point where we were flipping like 100 houses a year. So I'm trying to throw all, I don't want to like do the whole thing where you spend 50 minutes sharing your background. I just want to make sure people know we didn't grow up with money. We weren't just all of a sudden like making all this money and doing all these things. Like it took time, effort, energy. We had lots of ups and downs. Yeah. Well, and again, having that kind of a snapshot and kind of, you know, catalyst moment and honestly, just kind of, you know, pulling back the curtain and revealing like, look, you may have had all this success. It's not overnight success. And it's definitely yes. not without hardship, struggle, lessons learned, experience gained, all of that. And so I'm curious, as we go through kind of not necessarily your journey, but lessons learned from that journey, and you've got a lot of different C words that we can talk about here in terms of that experience, that knowledge, those those lessons. Number one, I think, is change as little as possible. So let's unpack that a little bit. It sounds like you changed everything all at once. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little ironic. Well, it's funny because In a business, it's a really interesting thing because you have to get used to change, but you want to start out changing as little as possible because you want to start out with what am I good at? What do I know? Where are my skills? Where are my talents? Because it's it's a lot to take on. It's this new animal that you're going to take this bold, brave journey into and say, I'm going to create something a lot of times out of nothing. 
And so we say change as little as possible because what are you good at? What are you naturally interested in? And then how can you build off of that to create a successful business? It's like the whole path of least resistance. It seems like anyone we talk to, for example, there's this lady who had a commercial mortgage business. She was making $150,000 per year. And she came to me, she's like, I want to do real estate investing. And I want to make this much money. And I want to be there within six months. And I'm like, well, that's not going to happen. I asked her a few questions. What are you doing right now? And just by having her change a couple very small tweaks, basically a lot of the things that she was doing that was taking most of her time that she could hire someone else to do for $20 an hour, that tripled her business within a few months, right? But people always want the shiny object. They hear all these different things. This person's doing this. I can do this. And they read a hundred books. They listen to a hundred podcasts and they have this huge list of things they need to do. We're trying to give you permission to let go of all of that. What is the one thing that you can do right now that will give you the biggest impact? Keep learning. You're going to learn all kinds of things. Don't do 100% of everything that we're trying to talk about in this one podcast tomorrow. What's the one or two things that you can take away from it that can give you the biggest impact? And that's where you should focus. Yeah, it's the 80-20 rule where, you know, in this example, if she'd taken a look at what she was doing and she suddenly has this light bulb moment of inspiration and wants to just ramp up, it's like, no, you're bogged down in all this 80 and really the 20, you need to delegate offload that 80 so you can spend more on the 20, which is where really the results are coming from. Exactly. So yes, change, but change as little as possible. Give yourself permission. If you have a list of 100 books you need to read, don't do that. What's the one thing you need to do? Focus on that. And these all bleed into each other. So we'll, they'll build off each other as well. And as you start to, you know, grow a business, like you learn a lot about yourself. Like Justin and I are married. So we have that relationship. And then we also have a business together. So we have these relationships. Now he and I are not the same person, not even close. So I take what I have. I'm more introverted. I like structure. I'm, you know, organizing certain things. I have certain strengths. I'm better with technology and different things where you have Justin who will talk to anybody. He, he brings a big energy. He has this vision. He sees these strategies, these numbers. And so we're not coming into this business going, we want to make this money. I'm going to be him. He's going to be me. Like we figure out who we are. We take our strengths and then we work together. And that works the same with employees or people you partner with. It's like, what are you good at? How can you take that and evolve it? But don't go create this whole new person, this whole new animal, drain your battery, get super frustrated, super overwhelmed and just quit because you're trying to be someone you're not like take what you have, the sweet goodness that you've got and like make it into something great and evolve with it. Your genius zone. Genius zone. And to do that, you've got to have a certain level of not just self-awareness, but I mean, in your case, you have to have self-awareness of yourself, but then also awareness of, in this instance, it's your partnership, your marriage, but then also your business partner partnership as well. Exactly. So the second, you want to get into the second C? Yeah, let's go. So the second C is clarity. And this is something that we used to not really talk a whole lot about. It seems like everyone we talk to they, they don't have, it's like, if you don't know where you're going, you're not going to, what the Cheshire cat say, if you don't know where you're going, all roads will take you there. I don't know. Am I getting that totally wrong? It's close. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, close enough. And we're not, you don't need to have perfect clarity. Like you don't need to be the person who has a perfect clarity and a perfect plan and you live your life this way, but you at least need to have an idea of where you're going. For example, we were talking to our 17 year old son the other day, he's going to be 18 next month. And we're like, well, where do you want to go? And like, he didn't even really know. <laughs> He didn't even have a plan. And he challenged me. He was like, mom, do you have a goal for everything in your life? Because, you know, they're teenagers. They don't want to listen to their parents as much anymore. And we can see patterns because, you know, we're older and we've been through things and we can see where he's going. And we're like, you know, you probably want to 
work on this habit. You probably want to develop this ability. You want to, you know, have this mental and emotional strength to run this business. And so we're telling him like, set these goals, set these goals. And he goes, mom, like, do you have a goal? Do you have a goal in all these areas? I'm like, ask me any area in my life and I will have a goal because I'm passionate about it. Like I know where I want to go. I have an, a vague understanding of where I want to go. It's not too specific. It's not too strict because if it's anal, I will close my mind to all the opportunities out there, but I have a direction and I'm passionate about it. So I was like, ask me, ask me about anything in my life. And he's like, well, what about this? And I'm like, this is my goal. Da, 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 da. It wasn't like, I need exactly this. It's like, this is what I want, what I want to feel, what I want to experience. And he was like, oh, dang. So I told him, I'm like, look around. You've grown up in our home. You've grown up with parents who you know are very normal. So in a way, they kind of go, I know my parents, they have weakness. Like, should I really listen to them? And I'm going, the life you live is not normal. What you have at your fingertips, the opportunities that you have, the education that we try to force down you every single day is not normal. And the way we got there, it doesn't just happen. Like you make little choices every single day to go, this is what I want. This is what I'm willing to do. This is how I'm willing to face myself. And what are my goals? And set those goals. You can't just let life come at you. It just won't work. You've got to make a goal and then adapt and pivot and evolve all the time. But like set your sight on something like, you know, you have one life to live, set your sight on something, adapt, evolve with it, but have answers to those things. It's like, why just wander around in life? There's so much amazing opportunity, so many good things out there. So we're big believers in that. Yeah. So when we talk about clarity, this is your, your why, the buzzwords you hear. This is your why. This is your vision, your goals, your purpose, the non-negotiables. Like it's basically what do you want out of life and why do you want it and why this is important. And once again, I would recommend take like 15 minutes on this and then change it and adapt it as you go. Don't spend too much time. Our goal is not to give people like this huge list of to do's that's going to take them a ton of time to do, but very simple. Like what are the things you want in life? Most people want similar things, but they are a little bit different. If you have a family and you want to spend more time with your family, then that's a part of what you want out of life. If you're single and you want to just work a ton, that's fine. But make sure you kind of know what you want. Because what we found is a lot of people are doing things that aren't getting them to where they want to go. They kind of think they know where they want to go, but they haven't really gotten clear on it. And then that's why this is so important. Because as you're going through the rest of your life journey, we're going to talk about creating a plan next. If you're on a plan that's not getting you where you want to go, like we're going to go on this nine month trip with our family starting next week. And it's like, well, we were going to go to like Hawaii, then Bali, then Australia, then New Zealand. Anyway, but if we start like walking down the street, like we're not going to get to the best <laughs> place we want to go. Or if we drive to the middle, no, we're going to end up in the desert, right? Like where do you want to go? So that the next part creating your simple plan will get you to that place. So it sounds so simple. It sounds so obvious, but Every day I'm like, oh, you don't even know where you want to go. Like, where do you want to go? And then we can help you get there, right? Yeah. Well, and if I hear you right, I think what I'm hearing is as we transition into talking about creating a plan is clarity also has to have some flexibility with it. Mm -hmm. the, the clarity means, okay, I know what I'm about and I know what I want, but the flexibility is, well, I'm going to try some things. If I see that it's not working its way out or if I see that maybe it's not the right timing or many different variables. You take that experience, you take that earned wisdom there from that working that out and you move forward and you pivot or maybe not pivot. Maybe you rebrand. It's a flavor of all those different things, I should say. And 
you know, if you're going in one direction with the business and it, it's not working out, you do something different. I was talking to somebody and, you know, they're a speaker, they're an author, you know, they've had got all these different things. And it's like, well, because they've got all those different channels, they can go in all those different directions. And if any one of them doesn't work at some point, they still have the others and they can keep going down those paths. hundred percent. When Tara and I were going over this, she's like, I don't feel like clarity should be at the beginning because you don't get clarity until you take action. But we were trying to figure out the order and we're like, well, you got to have a little bit of clarity, right? So it's that initial clarity, but then it's renewing of clarity. It's clarifying over and over again throughout the entire journey, right? 100%. So everything we're talking about is really only to get you to like take action so you can learn the things you don't know, so you can get information, so you can get feedback. But it's like you got to have a little clarity and then you got to create, which is the third one, your simple plan. This is not... A 40-page business plan, everyone's heard of, you should be able to write your plan on a napkin, essentially, right? This is very simple. This is the how, who, your what, and your why, right? If getting clarity is like what you want to do and why you want to do that, this is how are you going to do that? So once again, this varies based on your situation, but you want to keep this as simple as possible, like a very simple plan. Do you want to give an example? Well, as Justin talked about, we're going to do this nine month travel plan. And so the clarity is let's do this. Like our kids, our oldest is going to graduate. Let's go on this trip. And the clarity was let's go travel. We want to do this ever since we got married. Now, creating the simple plan is where are we going to go? How are we going to get there? Where are we going to stay? What are we going to do? And so I love the simple plan because sometimes we create these big, huge, massive, you know, elusive plans that are really hard and we get overwhelmed. But in this travel plan that we're making, it's like we're taking on a whole country. So this last week, I was like, I have to figure out Australia. I'm going to this whole continent, this whole country. If I tried to do that all at once in the very beginning, I'd get overwhelmed. I wouldn't do it. So the simple plan is, where are we going? How do we get there? How do we make this happen? So then we can then reverse engineer it, build it out with time, and then be able to handle it, swallow it day by day and not make it so overwhelming where we just tap out and we're done. An example of this in business is, okay, I'm going to use something that's kind of might sound boring, not that exciting, but if you know your why, if you know where you want to go, like let's say you want to quit your job and let's say you want to spend more time with your family and let's say you're good at, like you have a really clean car, like you got a clean car and you're like, I can know how to wash cars really well, right? And once again, I'm not trying to come up with this big, huge, insane, crazy change the world idea. I'm trying to keep this very basic. You're like, oh, well... People pay this much money to have their car detailed. I could start a car detailing business. And so how many clients do I need to have to make the amount of money that I need to make that I came up with when I got clarity, right? And then you just reverse engineer it from there and start taking action on that. That's your plan, right? So you got your plan. Just start taking simple steps towards that. Basically, there's like 10 podcasts we could create out of this one podcast, right? We have episodes where we talk about scaling your business and all those kinds of things. In episode 12, we talk about 10 steps to automate and scale your business. And in episode 44, we talk about, yeah, in episode 44, we talk about five points of leverage. So the things we're sharing with you right here, like we can't go into an entire episode on that, but go check out those episodes if you want more of a deep dive. But just come up with a simple plan and this can apply to anything in your life. It's like you got clarity on where you want to go, come up with a simple plan, and then let's get into calendaring. So calendaring might sound a little boring, not that exciting, but as we think about it, like our calendaring system, it's like an extension of our brain. Like it runs our entire life. Talk about AI, like my calendar is 10 times smarter than my brain, basically. Totally. I can't remember everything that's on there. 
I don't know of anybody who can handle, maybe unless they have like a photographic memory. I don't know anyone who is keeping track of everything that goes on in their life without some kind of outward system, like a calendar or some kind of something. Because there's so much going on and there's so much that goes on in the head that if you don't write things down and schedule things out, plan them, you get this huge traffic jam in your head and you can't get these business ideas. You can't get the vision. You can't see these opportunities. You can't work with people. You're drained all the time. And so having a calendar is something that has absolutely saved our business life, our personal life and everything that supports it. Yeah. You've, you've got to have that external knowledge base or external, you know, the second brain, you know, Tiago Forte has got this great book that I talked to him about called, you know, building your second brain. And, and that's specifically talking about, you know, having ideas and putting them in places and organizing them and saving them for future use and all that. Calendar's kind of like that too, but it runs on the time and gets you in the right place at the right time and, and all that kind of good stuff. I'm curious, how many different calendars do you have like all meshed into your system? So actually calendaring is like the system that we use. We use our calendar and we use that as our to-do list. We use that as our scheduling, how to get us where. We talk about this more in episode 41, but just to give some practical high-level tips, the default color, which on my calendar at least is the on salmon. Your Google calendar? My Google calendar is the salmon color. Anytime I have a to-do or a thought that comes to my mind, my calendar is always open and I just write it down. I write it on my calendar, right? So it's my to-do list. But then what I do is every day I'm constantly saying, what is the number one most important thing that I should be doing? And then I'll put that at the top. So it's kind of like the dirty one up, right? Like, is this thing more important than this thing? I want to have a plan, but I want to adapt to that plan. I want to leave for flexibility. I want to be so rigid that I'm not able to change things up. I had a PE class in college, which is actually was in the PE major, which is probably why I dropped out. So I realized I was going to make like 20 grand a year. And we had to come up with these plans. And then these kids come to the school and we're going to teach them. This was the first time we ever did. And I was partnered with this girl and she was like the perfect student. She had this perfect plan. Everything was drawn out, looked amazing. And I had kind of like some chicken scratch, but I had a couple ideas of how to change it up. And then these kids came and it was mad chaos. And I totally changed up my plan because I had a plan B and a C and she fritzed. She froze. She knew what to do. So I took over her thing and I just helped her as I could do this. And I got a much better grade than she did. And she was really upset about it. And it was because I was willing to uh, adapt to that plan, right? Well, that's why the calendar is amazing because it allows you to have your plan. You can see it. But if you know what's going on in your day, you can actually have that buffer zone and that ability to be flexible. If you are all jammed up in your mind, you don't have the ability to be flexible and work on the fly because businesses making quick decisions, being able to adapt, problems are coming at you, different things are coming at you. And then you're also trying to create something. So it's, you try to be as organized as possible. You find a system that works for you. You check things out the night before. I know what I'm doing tomorrow. You know, every Sunday I check, I scan my whole week and I go through it with my family. We've got this activity this year. I've got this business deadline. And then every night I'm checking. And then when I wake up in the morning, you know, sometimes you wake up and you go, oh my gosh, you know that feeling you get when you know you have something to do. And you're like, am I on top of it? Am I doing everything? And all you have to do is check your calendar and go, oh, okay, here are the color for my appointments. I've got this appointment. These are my top things. These would be nice. And if I can get to those, great. If not, I'll move them over. And so it really allows your mind and your brain to work well, as Justin said, so you can be smart on the fly, see those opportunities. Justin is incredible at seeing opportunities. He's incredible at creating systems. He's really good at being flexible. Like a couple of weeks ago, we were trying to figure out how to you know, do everything we need to do in order to travel. I was having a Fritz moment. <laughs> I have those from time to time. And 
I'm like, I don't think I can get everything done because I did have my calendar. I had my list, but it was, it was overstacked. It was too high. And Justin instantly on the fly was like, okay, your brother's living with us for this period of time, trying to make some money before he's off on his own. We're going to pull him from what he's doing. He's going to help you for the next three weeks. And boom, like that, I had a solution because over time we're like, this is what I have. This is what needs to get done. But then also we're flexible. And so having a calendar, being flexible with it allows you to get the things done that you need to get done. Kind of back to my, I had a little brain fart there, but I'll do salmon pink is the default color for all the to-dos. Everything in yellow is somewhere I need to be at a certain time. So even though it says seven, eight, nine, ten, like I'll just have to do, to do, to do, to do a bunch of to-do items. And then whenever it's really easy, because I just move it over. If I didn't get it done, I move it over. If it's not a priority anymore, I move it under. I'm constantly changing up my priorities. And then I'll just move a bunch of things over to like the Saturday day. Doesn't mean I'm going to do them on Saturday. It's just kind of the default like holder of all things that uh, I want to remember this, but I may not get it done. And then on Friday or even sometimes Saturday, like to me, every day is a Saturday because we kind of live our life in a, a flexible way, the way we want. So on Friday or Saturday, I'll go through all the things that didn't get done. I'm like, is this important anymore? They delete it or we'll move it over. Sometimes we'll move something over like a month from now, just because I want to be reminded of it. Because at one point it seemed really important. And then I'm going to move it over in a month. And it's like, oh, it's not important anymore. Delete it or keep moving it over. Right. So our calendar is essentially our brain. I mark anything in blue. Like if I put a bunch of notes in, inside of it, I mark it in blue. So even like this interview, it's like prepare interview for the best podcast in the world. Okay. Tied, tied for the best podcast in the world. <laughs> and then I'll write a bunch of notes as I think of those things throughout the day. You recently had an episode where I loved what this guy was talking about. He said, sometimes you have energy and desire to focus your energy in a certain way. So while I have a plan, I'll have, okay, these are my two to three initiatives, two to three main focuses that I need to do for the day. None of them have like a strong deadline, like have to be done by today, but they're things that I want to work on. And where is my mind going? Where's my energy going? Because sometimes I'm super creative. We're super creative and we want to work on something. And there are other times where I'm like, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to do it. I don't want to have a business right now. <laughs> like, So when you're in that zone, when you're in that mood, like you want to go with that. If you're able to have that flexibility at that time, sometimes you don't have that. But when you do, when you're filling those creative juices and that desire, that's when you want to create content. That's when you want to do certain things. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people, or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic. For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36 percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to shopify magic your ai powered all-star sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond again go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond Well, speaking of that, do you have any kind of certain themed days like, hey, Wednesday is my, I don't know, insert here day for doing all of this specific thing? Or I notice that I'm more creative or more able to be creative all day on like a Tuesday. I don't, you know, fill in the blanks there, but it's different for everybody. But do you have anything like that? We both kind of have the ways we function. Like I have certain times I wake up and I do certain things in the morning. I like to study. I get the kids going. We go to the gym in the morning. And then I kind of have like a blocked time. Now it's summer, so my kids are interrupting me. And so there's always this kind of moving calendar, but I like to have these block times where this is where I work on this because, you know, as a mom who works from home and having children, like I need block times where I can turn all this noise off over here and I can function on this. Now I like to get up and I kind of like to have a little bit more of a structured day where it's like, did this done, did this done, here's this section done. From this time to this time is family time, from this time to this time is tear time. You know, we even have like, Every night, Justin and I, we make sure we protect our marriage. Like, this is our time from this time to this time. Like, kids, we love you. Get out of here. (laughs) Go to bed. (laughs) And so that's how I work. Now, Justin is creative all the time. In the middle of the night, in the morning, he wakes up and he has ideas. He's going. And he likes to have like kind of this flow. Like, he knows what he wants to do. And he has things that he's going to get done. But he'll move with it. He'll flow with it a little bit more where I like it a little more structured. Because he likes that space. He likes to be able to give everybody everything because he always says like, I'm not good at anything. I'm not good at anything. (laughs) The best thing I can do is to give it to everybody else. You guys do the day-to-day stuff, you know, in the weeds so that he can actually have the space to have these ideas. And he's he gets these brilliant strokes of genius all the time. And most of the time I'm like, that's awesome. Sometimes we're on a date and I'm like, that sounds amazing, sweetheart, but let's talk about that later. And so it really kind of depends on what is your role. You know, Justin is the visionary in this business and he's thinking of strategies, how to work with people. And, and so while we have calendars and things that work for us, we also do just what, you know, we said, what works for you and to have that flexibility to move with it too. So yeah, my personality is very, could be very jarring. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, yes, we're going to create a billion dollar business. I'm like, and then like an hour later, I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to do anything. But <laughs> the cool thing about having systems processes and a great team is when you're a little bit off, those people can, can pick that up. Right. And I know it takes time to get there. You got to you got to build the machine so the machine can operate without you. But that's kind of, yeah, how I operate. If anything, I'm I have so many ideas and I'm excited. I have to protect family time. I've gotten better at it. But there have been times in our marriage where it's like, okay, six o'clock. I have to like shut it off because no, we're talking about business (laughs) focus. But we do like I'm a very procrastinate on purpose type person, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't usually know my next episode until like a couple days before. I'll have an idea of certain things. Like I know you and I are going to talk on Tuesday. So I'm like, okay, I can throw an episode in here and here. But it's just kind of my personality. But 
something magical happens when I know I do have a deadline, like a podcast has to be done tomorrow, it just starts to come. So that's not ideal. I don't recommend it for everybody, but it kind of works. That's your style though. I mean, that that's how you're wired. Yeah. I mean, I'm, and I'm very much like that as you are too, like actual, like I can create artificial deadlines that are earlier than the real deadline, but I still know when the real deadline is. So I know like, all right, I can put this off till whenever. And then it's like, okay, now it's go time. <laughs> totally. I'm way more efficient that way. So yeah. it's kind of a, a weird deal, right? But it works for us. And sometimes, like the other day, a few weeks ago, my son had a trampoline competition in Michigan. And and I literally am creating like the intro and outro of a podcast, the, the, the gaming one, right? In this airport. But you just go with it. You know, it's like I have no other choice. And it ended up being a pretty cool episode where I talked about my situation. And I think people are able to relate to that. Let's be honest, like to have a business, to have a marriage, to have kids, to live, to be human, you got to have some grit. You got to be willing to get down in there and do the hard things. And, you know, why we created Millionaire University is because like for our kids, the people like our kids or adults or, or different people are going, I want more. But it's like, what are you willing to do? You can't sacrifice everything. So I was telling Justin the other day, I'm like, we're moving. We're going to travel. We are going to be running a business. So we're we're doing all these different things. And what I love about Justin and, and he and I is like, we have this grit. We are willing to be brave enough to say we want something. And then we're brave enough to like do it, to hustle, to work hard. But then we're also brave enough to stop and go, okay, that was too much. We, we pushed a boundary there. We overdid it. We we're geared and kind of wired to do things, figure things out and solve problems. Like go for it. You have an idea. Let's go for it. But sometimes we overdo it. But I love that I'm married to someone and working with someone who has grit. Like, I know I can come to Justin and be like, this is literally what happened. Like, hey, instead of doing this, like, why don't we travel the world with our family? Because we talked about this. And I knew he is the kind of person that would go, let's do this. Like, he'll figure it out. He'll work hard. And then he'll also help me as I fritz and do all these different things. And so just grit, the ability to like get in there and check out your calendar, but like actually do what's on your calendar. Because writing it down is easy. Like actually doing the thing on your calendar, it takes some grit. And I love a man with a little man, grit. We should do this episode every day. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you keep talking about me. She none of this would be possible without Tara. She's I like amazing. I like my husband. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before everyone's like, okay, get a room. Yeah. <laughs> And I completely agree with you when you're talking about grit. I, th I think it's funny that this is coming up because even recent conversations that I've recorded that aren't out yet have come up with that word like in the mix at some point. It's like I think the thing is, is like when people think of that word, they think of things like white knuckling, you know, bearing down on things and like actually gritting your teeth and just, you know, OK, we're just going to get through this. And it's like. Yeah, there's some of that to that, but life shouldn't be like that all the time. That's not what grit should really mean. It should be really, again, the, the person I was talking with, they said, you know, it's not just about like having that persistence, that resilience. It's resilience in terms of something happens and it rolls off your back and you keep moving forward like a yeah. duck in the water flowing forward. I totally agree because grit to me is, I think the hardest thing, the hardest grit to develop is to face yourself. So. When you have a business, when you have relationships, when you're trying to be healthy, it's going to expose you. This business has exposed so many flaws in myself. This marriage has exposed so many flaws in myself. Kids, it's constantly exposing Tara. Like the business isn't something outside of me that, you know, I'm just trying to create. It's like, what lives inside of me? What am I willing to face inside myself? What grit am I willing to have and to like see myself? And then to then take that out there and share it with someone, share a vision and an idea to lead, to put something out there, to be on this podcast. You know, it's like 
Am I willing to face myself? Do I have the grit to not just white knuckle it and be blind to who I am, but to go, I am brave enough to go, I suck in this area. I'm going to still keep trying or, okay, I'm awesome in this area. I'm not actually going to say something about it. I'm actually going to do something about it or I'm tired right now. Like it's been amazing because we've sold businesses and we've taken a couple years off. Do you know how hard it is for someone who is a doer to like take time off and face themselves? Sometimes that's been the grittiest couple years of my life. And so the grit to go, I want to live a life that I enjoy takes a lot of courage. I want to be a kind of person who enjoys their life. I want to be the kind of person who has something to give. That takes some grit. And so sometimes we're not white knuckling it, but most of the time it's like, what do you want to create? What are you willing to do? Are you willing to face yourself? You know, the actual, like, if you made starting a seven-figure business like a to-do list, if you broke it down, the actual to-do items aren't that difficult. It's not easy, but it's not any harder than going to a day job. The difference is, like Tara said, you're constantly facing yourself. And that is the thing that we fear the most. But if you can do that, like if I, 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 Tara doesn't like this analogy, but if I was a dictator, I held a gun to someone's head and I said, do this, do this, do this. And they only had to work like 30 to 40 hours a week. They would create a seven figure business, right? It's just, they don't want to call their neighbor and say, can I wash your car? They don't want to. It's just like, what if we get rejected? Like all these things that are not really real fears, but are a part of our fight or flight. Like it's like if a bear is there and we start to freak out and run, that makes sense. But if someone's going to reject me, like it's not logical that that freaks us out, but it does. So being aware of those things and being able to push through those things regardless, that's how you accomplish anything. Like that's how you self-develop. That's how you're able to become a seven figure business owner. All businesses, all family, like it's really self-development, right? You gotta, you gotta develop yourself to be able to find happiness and accomplishment in these things. Yeah. It's that self-awareness and having that constant improvement, not just to your plan, which we're talking about in a second, but to yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that leads us into constant. I think he was setting That's us up the exact there. one, constant improvement. So we kind of already covered some of these things. We mentioned different episodes where you can find like how to grow and scale your business. But essentially for me, it's kind of funny because the first one was change as little as possible. But the main reason why I see people don't actually scale their business is because it's not on their mind to scale their business. It's not even a goal like to automate. For, For me, I'm constantly, like Tara said, like I have a lot of plans and ideas and thoughts but it's not like this time I have to do this thing in this way. Sure. There's probably about 15 hours a week of that, like creating podcasts and stuff like that. But I'm constantly saying, what are we doing now? How can we make that better? Who can we get to do it? So it's essentially, first of all, we talked about doing as little as possible. What can we eliminate? What can we automate? What can we delegate? Those three questions, eliminate, automate, delegate. Can we do any of that? Is there something that we are currently doing? Like not long ago, we were editing. You mentioned you have an editor. We were editing our entire podcast because we didn't know the right person. And that takes time and all this stuff. But it's like it was taking hours to edit our podcast. So we found someone to edit for us. Like, boom, that's 10 hours a week. That's now saved two times a week. Saves us like five hours on each one. We still do some editing, but we do a lot less. We had our house flipping business. We were spending 90% of our time making offers, analyzing houses. So we came up with a system where Tara or I didn't even know about a house until it was under contract. So we had all these people out making offers for us. They learned our criteria. 
and we had a bunch of people essentially out fishing, you know, they each had their own pole. Like, and when they got a fish, we're like, all right, that one looks good. Well, oh, that one's a little small. Let's throw it back. But that allowed us to five, 10 X our business. Right. And with our education business, so we we were flipping all these houses. People were wondering, how are you doing this? So we started to educate people. And so Justin was the main educator. Then we brought on other educators. And then at one point, we sold the business to those educators where it was so smooth and so flawless because this person had been in our business for a while. We didn't have to do anything with, you know, okay, we're going to sell this business to you. You need to stay on for two to five years. It was like, we sold it. We were done. They're killing it. And we were able to move on all because of this question of, how do I make it better? How do I have someone else do it better than me? A lot of times other people do it way better than us. I mean, you can hear us and listen to us. We're normal. We say and do dumb things. We make mistakes, but we do some really cool things and we're willing to put ourselves out there. And so it's like this constant improvement of how can I make it better? How can I get someone else to make it better? And then at some point, maybe even sell the whole thing so I can do something else or you know, pivot and change how I want to be in that business. Very cool. I love it. I think the thing that might be a danger zone for some people is, okay, well, if I'm constantly improving or constantly looking for things to improve in what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, when is enough enough? Like, have you had moments like that where probably when you've been in the middle of different things, like you've sold something and then you said, okay, we're going to take time off and reassess the relationships, the spousal relationship, the kid relationship, our relation to our businesses, all those kinds of things. I think when I say, how can I improve it? It's usually my goal is how can we do this better? Maybe how can we do more? But it's usually how can I, my goal in life is like to do nothing. And that takes a lot of work to do nothing. I want to call that out again and say that again. So the goal in life is to do nothing. And that takes a lot of work. (laughs) It's hilarious. These are like mind, they're like mind tricks. Like you said, right? You can come up with an artificial timeline or whatever. But I look at it as, a, and that's actually the last one is come to play, enjoy the game. I look at business and life as a game, right? Tara and I don't really love playing board games or cards and I don't like it because it takes a lot of time, but like it doesn't make you real money. <laughs> like, I'm like I want to play the real thing. And I think you can make the rules and the way I like to play my game. We've got to the point where we're flipping a hundred houses and we didn't look at them. Every single part of that business, we just said, what are the things that we do in this business? How can someone else do them? And it's almost like feels illegal. It feels wrong. But it's like, how can I don't know how to do I can't even screw in a light bulb. barely. No, he can't. I'm horrible at fixing things. (laughs) But yet we flipped 100 houses a year. And I just realized like, oh, these are what the numbers look like. Like I had to get an education. I learned a lot of things. We had to build the machine that would then work for us, essentially. So when I talk about like always trying to improve. This isn't the like, you know, we don't have anything against like Grant Cardone and some of those like hustle, like the hustle culture, but it's like, how can I make this better? How can I make it easier? And you remember perfection is the enemy. Like talk about doing these podcasts. We could spend 10 years doing one podcast and make it so much better, but that's not going to move the needle where we want to go. And so there's a lot of letting go of like, yeah, I could do this a million times better, but what is the best way to use my time? And so you want to do your best, but you also have to let go of this perfect scenario of what you have and what exactly you want it to look like. And so that's important. That's been important for me as someone who, you know, in one of your episodes, a guy was talking about hitting his psyche. It's, it's more perfectionistic and, and anal at times. It's like, that's the psyche I have to work with while running a business. And so I want things to be perfect. But I also have learned to let go of that majorly because I'm not going to get anywhere. And so that's important for me. And I think it all comes down. That's why you got to start with clarity. 
What do you want out of life? What are your non-negotiables? Because in my mind, I'm like, I think we can start a billion dollar business. When I used to first talk to Tara about having a billion dollar business, she's like, no, like that's going to cause you to like work really hard and like not have any family time. And I'm like, no, no, that's part of it. The game is how do I get to a billion dollar business in 10 years while spending amazing quality time with our family while helping tons of people? That's the game. That's the objective. Will we get there? I don't know. But we're going to have a heck of a fun time trying to get there, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's part of the adventure, part of the journey. Like Tara said, we took a couple of years off. We had everything. Like we, we're just, so we're selling our house right now. We essentially, and this is not like bragging at all. This is just kind of a heads up. Like we essentially live in a resort. We, <laughs> a couple of years ago, we wanted a bigger house. We're like, hey, we can afford this. Let's do it. We've arrived. We've done all these things. More family can come visit us. We have more land. We're still by the beach. And it's been great, but we just realized like, happiness is like an internal thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, hasn't made us any more, ha- any happier per se. We're glad we accomplished this. So we realize it's not really the thing. And now we're selling it and we're letting it all go because you gotta, you gotta learn to enjoy the journey, enjoy the game. And I, I know it sounds kind of cliche, but if you're just trying to get somewhere and you're anxious and upset and frustrated and you're arguing with your spouse or your kids and all, all these things on the way, and you're like knocking everybody out in your way, you're going to get to the end game and you're going to, it was all for naught, right? Like you got to learn to love yourself and everything along the way. Yeah. It's the process. It's the journey. It's, it's the learning as you go. It's not, you know, okay, I've arrived, you know, like you could say that about this trip if you wanted to, but you'd be wrong and you know that already. So that's good. We totally know that. (laughs) And we still want to take it. Yeah. yeah. The outer journey and the inner journey. Yeah. We still want to take it, but we know it's not necessarily going to, it's going to be a lot of work. Our kids are going to complain. We're going to get frustrated with them, but it's also going to give perspective and it's going to be a beautiful time to learn and adjust and grow. And that's why I love success because I love that we have met certain financial goals because if I'm being honest, back in the day, I was like, once I reach a certain goal, I'll finally be like good enough. I'm going to feel good enough. It's going to be this thing. And it wasn't until we reached those goals that I was like, crap, I feel worse than when I set the goal before because it was me always in there that I had to face. And so I absolutely love that we have hit these financial goals. I love that we bought our dream house and I love that we're letting it go because it forces me to continue to go inside myself and go, oh, that's my job. It's an inner job. But I don't think just for me, if I hadn't met these certain financial goals, I think I'd always be like, you know, once I get that, I'll be there. Like I'll feel this certain way. And so I love that we go for things because it shows us ourselves in the good ways and also the ways where it's like, oh gosh, this isn't working. Like that's why what's one of the biggest things I love success? Not because it's like, oh, I'm awesome, I'm successful. It's like I'm successful outwardly, but am I successful inwardly? And that's my truest, you know, desire for life. Yeah. Well, and again, I think you've got great episodes on all these different topics. And so again, we'll we'll throw those in the show notes. Any kind of landing point you want to have here? Like if if somebody's listening to this and they're like, okay, that's great for them, but I don't know how I could even start. What would you say to that person? I mean, what I would say is if you don't have a plan, come up with a simple one. Like, what do you want? Be brave enough to say, I want this. Make a two second plan and then make a plan for that week to actually do something about it with a deadline. So here's a simple idea. I want to lose 10 pounds. I'm brave enough to say, I want to lose 10 pounds. I'm going to tell someone about it. I'm going to make a simple plan. I'm going to go to the gym three times a week and then I'm going to get myself there. And then the next week I'm going to go, how is that? How can I add to it? That's what I do. Because when you make a plan and you do something, it changes your whole life, changes your brain, changes your emotional state, changes your ability to create more. 
brave enough to make a plan, do something about it. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) I could talk about this stuff forever, but I think it's just, what's the one thing that you can change in your life that'll make the most impact and take action on that? Because like we talked about, when you take action, you get information and you could see where to go next. The light turns on, you get more clarity, and then you keep going. So I don't know. You have nothing to lose. I always like to tell people, we hold on to what we have so tightly. But the truth is, there's so like the world is yours, you know, not to get cheesy or cliche, but the most money you're losing is the million dollars that you're not making that you currently could be making if you let go of all your stuff. And once again, it's not about like, go make millions of dollars, but it's like, you can really have what you want in life. Just have that vision, have a simple plan. And then just one step at a time, not going to be an overnight success, but that's all it is, is the daily, not grind, but the daily just, oh, now I'm going to do this next thing. I'm going to do this next thing. What are my priorities today? Okay. I didn't get it all accomplished. No big deal. Work on it tomorrow. Just keep the steady march and love the journey. Awesome. Where can people go to find out more about what you're doing and even maybe follow along on your trip if you're taking pictures and posting them, et cetera? hundred percent. So millionaireuniversity.com is our website, Millionaire University podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. And then Kara's more of the Instagram. She does more of that than me. <laughs> yeah, I'll be sharing some things on our, my personal Instagram, just Tara Williams. But yeah, it's going to be an adventure. I'm excited. Awesome. I can't wait to see what's coming up next and uh, looking forward to talking again sometime in the future. Awesome. Thanks for having us. This has been a lot of fun. Well, that's another podcast crossed off your listening to-do list. I hope that you enjoyed listening in on this conversation with Justin and Tara as much as I enjoyed talking with them. Don't forget to check out everything that they mentioned in the show notes, including their podcast at beyondthetodolist.com. That's also where you can share the show. If you found this episode helpful, insightful, inspirational in any way, would you do me the favor of sharing this episode with someone you know needs to hear it? Again, the show notes over at beyondthetodolist.com provide you all the ways to do that, as well as you can hit the share button right where you're listening to this right now. Also, don't forget to check out the great deals from our sponsors and support this show by going to beyondthetodolist.com slash sponsors or clicking the link in the show notes. Thanks again for supporting the show. Thanks again for sharing. And thank you again for listening. I will see you next episode. Hey, thanks for listening to the end. If you're looking for a show to start helping you apply these productivity lessons on your business, check out Millionaire University. It's real lessons from real entrepreneurs teaching you what you need to know to improve your business or start one if you've been putting it off. It covers all aspects of business from starting, marketing, growing, managing, and everything in between, wearing all the hats. And as an added bonus, I am conducting a number of those conversations, those interviews, so you'll fit right in. Again, that's Millionaire University. Just search for it in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.